We've talked about engagement, but does it really work in the real world? In this episode, we challenge our experts to respond to these difficult leadership challenges that some may face on their first days in a new leadership role. Let's get started with scenario number one. Leader comes into the team and they find significant clicks on the team, by which I mean, let's say they've got 20 employees and there's like a group of five employees who are really bonded very closely together and they're, you know, a little bit, they're very exclusive. They kind of drive the tone. Is that, is that something they should concern themselves about? Like how should a leader react if they, they see that there's a clear click that has formed on this team? One of the first things I would say is that, that to some degree, clicks at, at their heart are about belonging. And we know that we're all hardwired for belonging and connection, right? They, and so that's, that's part of the deal is, is people. So, so the, the upside of clicks are that people have found a group to which they feel that they belong and they feel safe. Maybe with, you know, depends, depends on how, how mean these clicks are, Anna, that we're talking about. All right. But if, mm-hmm. if they're, if they're at least somewhat nice spirited, then, then I think that, that part of the goal as a leader could be how can, how can I leverage the connection that certain pockets here have with each other and use those clicks to the advantage of the overall team and the ability for them to perform at a high level. And at the same time, start to blend and merge and bring together the clicks. And maybe that's through greater understanding of each other. So it could be, you know, I know a lot of teams have done the virtual happy hours in, in 2020 land back before. And one day when we are able to, uh, to, to be back together, I think doing things outside of work, getting a deeper understanding of each other's stories, of each other's lives outside of the office, all of those things can, can, start to dissolve some of these invisible boundaries that we sometimes create in, in, in the world and, and maybe mitigate the, any damage that's happening with the clicks. Because on the other side of, while some people may feel more belonging because they're in a click, there are people who are maybe feeling excluded and that's not good mm. for the team. That's not good for engagement. So figuring out a way to, to leverage the strengths of that and then at the same time find ways to, to bridge the gap and bring people together um, would be what I think would be one of the best courses of action. Amalia, I know that you have held some very senior roles in, in a number of capacities, both you know in the United States and internationally. You're also, to us, one of the newest members of the team. So you're very much having been on both sides of that, follow that path of promoting belonging. Um, was there anything in your experience that was really effective with helping integrate groups? Anything that you've seen? First of all, let me start by just saying that I loved um, how Jeremy started his answer to your question, right? It's about belonging. It, It is. It is about belonging, and it's also about sharing your uniqueness. So going back to your question about tweaks, I, you know, I'll be curious to see what are the um, what what are the elements that are bringing mm-hmm. these people together. Are there elements of a cultural nature? Is there oh. performance? Um, are they parents of small children? 
what is the commonality? Because usually people tend to gravitate together when there is something that is uh, that is strongly binding them. So mm. I would like to understand that, right? Um, I start from the premise that I'm giving uh, people the benefit of the doubt and assuming good intention or uh, maybe ignorant intentions. So I just want to understand the nature of those binding elements for this week. Because, I mean, let's be real here. We are forming groups within groups. This has been, you know, this is the reality. And there is also a lot of, there has been a lot of research for decades about even the significant impact of this informal groups on performance, right? So um, after I'm clarifying what is it that brings these people together, what's the common denominator that is acting as a, as a binding element for uh, this microgroups within a team, I also want to understand, okay, what is the impact on uh, performance? What is the impact on uh, safety, on the psychological safety of of the team, and then how can I how can I use the belonging aspect into maybe creating a sense of how can I educate people about in the team better? So, for example, let me rephrase this. So, for example, if I am an international person and the only international uh, person, the only other person at, at the uh, in this team who is speaking with an accent, right, is, is my teammate, then you as a leader can come and notice that we tend to hang out together just because maybe we feel like we are belonging in this group of international people and we tend to see things a bit uh, similar. So you can come and invite us to share our experience. So so basically I would see belonging and sharing as two sides of the same coin. And a lot of people actually who are forming this group, they take great pride in sharing what makes them come together. Uh-huh. The same thing that makes me get a sense of belonging can also be one thing that I can share to you as a group and make me feel like I'm accepted by you. I love everything about what you just said. You know, one thing I'm also reflecting on is I use the term click, which I think has a negative connotation to many people. You use the term microgroup, which is definitely a more neutral, thoughtful way. And so I almost wonder if, you know, a takeaway for me is to approach it with curiosity, to think of it more in the microgroup space and explore as you said, what brings this group together and how is it functioning and and taking some time to just observe with curiosity before I make any value statements about the rightness or wrongness of anything, that there's there's a lot of opportunity to not just, I think, react, knee-jerk, negative, I got to break that group up, um, which I think, you know, is the temptation for, for many. Anna, this is a this is an excellent observation. I think what we are seeing right now in this moment is that maybe your wording is a reflection of your experience, mm. your previous experiences with its microgroups. 
right? Maybe you felt excluded before, and you perceive this group that, uh, you know, this micro group that is excluding you and therefore clicks. Yeah. So that, and I think that what this is, what I'm so excited about is this, is that you as a leader can ask yourself when you are noticing this group, hey, what do I think about them? What has been my experience? I was also maybe part of a team before, right? Yeah. How did I feel in relationship to that? Was I included in a micro group? Was I excluded? You know, so basically noticing where I am standing in relationship to that um, can really bring me the awareness that I need to then address in whatever way I want to address it, right? Explore, be curious about it, and then create a sense of, uh, and then choose the strategy that I want to choose to create a, a sense of psychological safety for the entire mm. team. And also recognizing what I'm bringing into it, which I think is, you know, really important yes. as well. Love right, your so values, much. your experiences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next challenge. Let's say I'm the leader. I get on my team, I find out within, you know, the first hour that the previous person who was the manager of the team is now, was demoted and now reports to me on the team that they used to manage. What now? And it sounds like a pretty unfortunate uh, scenario to use the uh, least emotional uh, <laughs> term to describe it. Uh, if, if it was between the two of us, I would say that sounds horrible. So uh, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like to be in any of these uh, uh, two actors' um, shoes. Yeah, um, shoes is, is stuff. So I'll let you. I see that he's thinking. His wheels are spinning. So, well, first. I, Whoever whoever hired the person, like you gotta let the person know what they're getting into. Like that shouldn't be the hour one surprise. Oh, by the way, what do you do? Directs used to have your job. Like that that's gotta be communicated. You gotta have a heads up on that. If 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 your bosses or managers or the people involved in hiring you are are doing the right job, you know, so that you can prepare a strategy for that. Because I think the the strategy is important. It's crucial there. And part of that involves some of the things we've been talking about already, which is like listening, empathizing, understanding, hey, this is, this is a tough spot for you. And and meeting it head on, like, I get it, I understand where you are. And, and I think the biggest, the, the, the only shot really, let's like, I, I don't like to use either or scenarios, but for the most part, really, the, the only shot you got right here is to build some common goals. If there are some things like, hey, this is a situation we're in, I understand that you're probably not super happy about it. Um, and how can we move forward together and help each other out and be successful? What would it look like if we could build something and collaborate? Um, and, and maybe there's another spot that you want somewhere else. And how can we move towards that? What would that look like? Like, let me help you as, as you're regrouping and figuring out what's next for your career. Let's figure out how we can collaborate. Let's align some, some common goals and figure out how we can help each other and work towards that. And, you know, you may, you can't always control their response in that, but to me that, that would be the, 
the textbook way to step in, build some authentic connection, and hopefully build some alignment in what you both are trying to pull off together. Mm. Amalia, anything from you, or would you like the next one? This sounds great. I cannot help what uh, Jeremy has said. I was I was seeing um, his uh, wheel spinning, and I knew that he was going to come up with something brilliant. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it to that. <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Right. Wow. Right. Uh -huh. You got this here's, one. Amalia. Here's another ho another horror story. Jeremy and Amalia, let's talk about another probably rare scenario, but. It has happened from time to time where a leader gets in a position and very early on in their, their beginning, um, hopefully not day one, but maybe it happens day one, they discover or are asked to terminate someone on the team. What guidance would you have for that leader where it's, it's, not, it's not possible, they, they have to do it? How do they execute on this? in a way that they don't immediately burn down all the relationships. And maybe that's phrased too tactically. Maybe the question I'm asking is, what guidance would you have for this leader who does not have an option in doing this, but still wants to have really good engagement further down the road? How do they do that? So, you know, I'll start and then, you know, maybe this is going to, I'm going to start blabbering and, and then maybe this is going to lead us somewhere. But there are two elements here, two elements of engagement. And I'm going to piggyback on what Jeremy was mentioning earlier, um, describing the different levels of engagement, different um, dimensions of engagement. So you have engagement with your team and then you have engagement with your managers, you have engagement with Years, right? So, two aspects I'm seeing here that we need to consider um, and that can help us to contextualize the situation. One has to do with the engagement with the manager. So, seeking the clarity, seeking clarity in the situation. Um, so, what is happening? Understanding the details. Um, anything that can help this can help me, right? Um, if I were in this situation, anything that can help me to understand the actual situation. And then also seeking mentorship, right? So building my connectedness with my manager. Um, how, how would you do this? Uh, you know this team, you manage, you are the manager of this. Um, a manager of the team before, so you definitely know more about it than um, than I know. How do you think this will impact the morale of the team? So this would be one direction, right? The, the connectedness, the uh, clarity that I'm seeking from my manager. And the second element that, that you were touching, um, Anna, is the engagement of the team. So how will this action that I'm going to take in, you know, recently after I'm taking over the team, how is this going to impact my engagement with the team? How am I going to be perceived? What are they going to think about me? Um, so, so that's another thing. And then, you know, the, there is another one, the third one, which is 
how am I treating the how am how, how am I having this relationship with this person to whom I need to give the bad news? They don't know me. We we don't have we don't have that experience. I basically am the bearer of bad news, but there is no relationship there. So I'm only going with some facts that I was gonna I was I was given before. So. Um, I need to trust 100% the facts. So, I, you know, there is a conversation that I have with this person that I will also need to start from maybe even a place of, you know, that relationship of vulnerability, strength. So to feel strong in the conversation that I have with this person means to feel vulnerable that, you know, I am in this position where I have this information that were given to me and this is this is what I have, and you know I would also like to hear you. So 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 that's the situation. And then the the second one, the engagement with the team. I will need to be transparent with the team, of course, paying attention and abiding to the HR uh, procedures. But as much uh, transparency in terms of my own uh, vulnerability, like hey, I know how this well. I imagine how this might be seen by you. I'm coming here, and now a week after I'm coming, I'm firing somebody. So you know, let's talk about it. So at least I am. I'm bringing this up in the team. I don't act as if this didn't happen. Jeremy, anything to add, or would you like the next one? I think it's good. Let's go to the next one. Okay. So those two are probably the hardest. So good news, you guys got through them, and you did tricky. awesome. All right. So, leaders in the role, and they discover that they have a employee, or maybe more than one employee, who goes over their head a lot. So, it might be that they have a really good relationship with the leader over that role that that leader's now taking or whatever, but you're just seeing a pattern of that employee consistently taking things over the leader's head and going further up in the management chain. What would you diagnose the problem as and how would you treat it? I think it depends on the why. Why is this person going over the head? Um, I've had some situations where I've worked with leaders who have said, hey, one of my directs actually has a better relationship with my boss than I do. And I want to encourage them to speak to my boss like anytime they want, because when, when they're close and connected, it makes the team better. It, it gives me even sometimes more information than I'm able to get, because sometimes, and think about a merger situation that, that we're experiencing at Truist, right? You have lots of new teams, lots of new managers, and sometimes there are people maybe that have worked together for 10 or 15 years in one capacity um, and other people that have only worked together for 10 or 15 days. And so sometimes, and I don't want to use the word disparagingly, but leveraging those relationships, right? There's, there's, there's capital in those relationships and being able to say, um, as you're cultivating and developing something that's going to take some time, there may be somebody that has a better relationship than you do. And so I think on one end of that spectrum, there there's a lot of courage and a lot of confidence to be able to say, hey, no, you know what, you got a, you got a good relationship a couple levels up with this person, um, go for it and, and be great 
because if you're great, our team's going to be great, and we're all going to succeed. On the other hand, if it's done in a more um, <laughs> sneaky kind of way, that's maybe maybe potentially looking somebody's looking to sabotage or derail, or you perceive it as that way, as a whole another set of circumstances that um, that I think you know is going to require some some candid conversations about um, what is it about the situation that's that's making you feel like that's a uh, a course action you want to take. I think it's a reasonable question to ask, right? Then have some dialogue about that. And if that's going to impact, we get back to values and purpose. If that's going to impact the values, impact the purpose, impact the output of this team, what we're all trying to do together, then you got to keep it about that issue. Like this is going to impact our values of this by this when you go over my head. And if you can keep it about that, you might have a shot at this not deteriorating into like a really like darker personal struggle with somebody. And you can maybe find a way to actually work through that conflict and, you know, recalibrate and realign um, what you expect and, and how they're going to perform as a member of your team. Yeah, I think Jeremy covered that. It's very contextual, really. And um, also, I think I would visit my own personal reactions to that. So once I understand the context in which this is occurring, I need to clarify how I as an individual, right, because uh, I am a leader, but I'm also a person, <laughs> and I, I might have feelings and thoughts about that. So it's important to be true to myself and, and to analyze to see how that um, sits with me. and. Once maybe I am not comfortable, even if the situation and the context makes perfect sense, maybe there is a part of me there that doesn't feel really comfortable. And I need to be aware of that. I need to be aware that that doesn't show up, um, you know, in, in my interactions with my teammate. Do you have a leadership horror story you'd like to challenge our experts with? email me at leadershipinstitute.com. Great news. We are just a few weeks away from the newest issue of our award-winning leadership magazine. Make sure you get your copy by subscribing on our website, truestleadershipinstitute.com slash subscribe. For show notes or to learn more about Truest Leadership Institute, visit us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of Truist Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.